Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, season two, episode six. As most of you know by now, this season, we are focusing on sales and marketing. And like I said in the very first episode of season two, I'm here to show you why OT's can be the very best at this important business skill. Let's jump into today's episode. Do you have a mission statement for your business? And really, how does that tie into marketing and sales? Your mission statement is a massive differential and the spark and the reason that you get up every day to do what you do, which naturally translates into marketing messaging and sales. So I thought I had a mission statement I mean, I did have a mission statement. I had a mission statement for my bricks and mortar, Peds Clinic, Spring OT. And I've had a few mission statements for Trish Williams Consulting and OTs Get Paid. They were good. I did them twice. They weren't so good that I decided to cut and paste and share them with you right now. But here's the thing. At the beginning of this year, I gave up my third attempt. And here at Trish Williams Consulting and in the OTs Get Paid podcast, I realized something. I realized we had a way bigger mission than I could even forecast. So guess what? Drum roll. You ready for it? Our mission is to empower OTs to claim their financial freedom as strong women CEOs by growing and scaling their businesses. Dun, 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 dun. And I should say, to clarify, by women, I mean anyone who identifies or has lived experiences as a woman. All are welcome here. So who knew that a podcast trying to shake the bubble to say, hey, guys, let's talk about some money. Let's talk about these helpers getting paid turned into actually being about financial freedom for strong women, like kind of blows my own mind, which is why I love the OT entrepreneur space. You never know what you're going to uncover. We have discussed the importance of wealth and why it's important for OTs in a previous podcast episode, season one, episode 17. This one got a lot of attention. So please go and listen. The link is in the show notes. I should also note this was one of our bonus trainings in the OTs Get Paid Facebook group. So I'm bringing some of those get paid perks, as we call them, forward into podcast episodes. If you're interested in hearing more of that, please go to the OTs Get Paid podcast group and we'll let you in and you can join us every Wednesday morning. So in that episode, we talked about what is holding women back from accruing more wealth? Why is financial health so important? How can we grow our profits and wealth as OT entrepreneurs? 
and why wealth for OTs is a societal issue and why I'm starting to focus on this for our profession. Now, small spoiler, I am not anti-men. The leap from OTs to women or women identifying OTs has to do with the makeup of our profession. And I think just like I rip off the band-aids to talk about money, I think I'm ripping off the band-aids to actually own that. So we had a great conversation, as mentioned, in our Facebook group, and our next guest had a lot to say. I invited her to come forward so we could share some of those thoughts here and continue the conversation. That's not always easy. It's a little nerve-wracking, and so I'm really, really honored that our next guest said yes. Today's guest is based in academia doctor, in fact. And she teaches right now at my old alma mater and where I was a professional associate for years at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. She is a Canadian, holla, and she finds herself living in the fast-paced tech world and the fast-paced world in California right now with her daughters and her husband. She's doing amazing things in the leadership space, which you're going to hear a lot more about as well. And I am so thrilled to introduce you to Dr. Catherine Wise. Welcome. Thanks, Trish. Am I your only guest that wears like the good lipstick for yeah. an audio podcast? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you owned it. You I'm know owning what? it. <laughs> so I, I read, so my, my family and I talk about this all the time. I work best from home if I wear shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good hair day is really good for me too, but shoes kind of brings me into the professional moment, just like your lipstick. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm fully dressed today. It's like, I mean, I'm always fully dressed, but <laughs> <laughs> but I actually have proper clothes and proper shoes on. And I feel like some OT somewhere in the world right now should do a study on the feedback of certain clothing and how that helps your performance from working from home. There you oh. go. Okay, so, so academia, academia in the house already. <laughs> Can I actually just go take that a step further? I actually, okay, this is silly. I actually went looking for a specific pair of work from home shoes because I didn't mm. want slippers. I didn't want like, you know, Crocs or like sandals. I, did, I didn't want like Skechers. Like I wanted a really pulled together shoe that didn't have a heel. So I was looking actually for like a loafer or something. And when I would go to these places, I would say, I'm looking for a work from home shoe and nobody got it. No. So no. OT, OTs get paid listeners. There we go. Please post your recommendations. For <laughs> <laughs> I would, and then please go and negotiate your fee with, uh, with Catherine. Because yes, we need yes. to get Catherine paid y'all. That's what this is about. Yeah. Okay, Catherine, let's jump right in. So tell us, how do you get paid? Meaning, tell us about you and what you do. Well, as you mentioned in the intro, I'm an assistant clinical professor at McMaster University and their Masters of Healthcare Management program, Rehab Sciences and OT. I am in an adjunct role, but a little bit more where I am on the executive for their master's in healthcare management program, which combines rehab sciences and the school of business to create this incredible program to help future healthcare leaders. My focus has been in healthcare leadership, and I've had the complete honor of teaching and mentoring leaders from around the world, from various professions, anywhere from surgeons, physicians, to midwives, you name it, uh, from Nunavut to Jamaica, to Saudi Arabia, Canada, U.S. So healthcare systems, truly an area of interest. And then I'm also doing some coaching and consulting, helping future healthcare leaders and current healthcare leaders develop and empower their potential for leaders so that they're making greater impact in their daily lives. So that's just the beginning in the beginning stages. And we'll talk a little bit, a bit more about that and hope to grow that business out a little bit further. Main emphasis is on helping OTs, but I'm finding I'm also helping speech therapists and mm-hmm. physical physiotherapists as well. So that's a bit about me. That's incredible. I feel like I'm not going to be able to keep up in, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to get smarter than saying, wow, <laughs> this whole mm-hmm. podcast, because I'm really impressed. 
Let's know, briefly talk about how you transitioned from like, mm-hmm. you know, you graduated. What year did you graduate from OT school? 2001. So okay. I did undergrad at Waterloo, took a year off, mm-hmm. like most people did. And then went, and I was the last of the second degree bachelor's program. Mm-hmm. Me too. We I was a second. <laughs> I was a couple of years last. Yeah. So to those of you who aren't aware, there was a few years in Canada. I can't speak to the U.S. where mm-hmm. there were a few of us that weren't master students, and nor were we undergrad. You needed a degree to get into mm-hmm. OT school, but we graduated with a Bachelor of Health Science in OT, and it was a second degree. So there was a few years there, which had a lot of people up in arms because I was like, I did a thesis. I know, yeah. right? So at any rate, we're, that's yeah. not today's podcast. That's um, next week's podcast. That's next week's podcast. <laughs> so Catherine, how did you decide to start honing in on leadership? So it was interesting. I graduated and like many OTs, I was like, I am done with school. I am ready to just work. And I thought it was going to be a pediatric OT for my whole life. And then I started to do some private practice on weekends and after my full-time job in Peds and built up a little bit of a practice that way. And I think it was around year eight or nine, I had some opportunities given to me to help develop feeding clinics, help mentor and supervise other OTs that were just transitioning into practice. And I just fell in love with empowering others Hmm. um, and teaching and mentoring and supporting and I was not equipped to do the role mm-hmm. at all. Not, And I was scared to actually go to my boss or whoever to say, I need some help on how to coach a mentor and all this. So my sister-in-law, who's an OT and has been pretty um, foundational to sort of my own mentoring, she had done the UFT Masters in Healthcare Admin Program at UFT and suggested I should go and do it. So I went to the University of Toronto for the those who, are, Toronto, who yeah. don't speak Canadian. I speak Canadian, <laughs> went to the University of Toronto, took my health and admin degree. So I got my formal training in business and health policy and leadership. So, you know, I sat in that first row of accounting and economics and finance, and I had to sit in front row because I knew myself if I sat in the back row, I would mm-hmm. not pay attention. And this was so over my head at that point. I was not sitting with accountants and all of that at that point in my career. And I remember we had to do an experiential learning and the person that was matching me said to me, you're an OT, so you're not really going to go far in a hospital system. You're not going to have leadership opportunities. So we're going to keep you in the community. No. And that, um, and that person was a rehab professional and that actually made me like that put fire in me I was like really okay that's what you think but the opportunity I have was life-changing because I ended up leaving pediatrics moving into the home care setting leading care coordinators working both community and then I stepped foot in the hospital managing community programs and then had opportunities with working in Canada's largest hospital with the chief medical officer coming up with innovative programs to really help transition healthcare. And I found my footing. I found my role. So sure, I could never be, we cannot be chief nursing officers. We shouldn't be. (laughs) We can't. But can we talk about patient experience, patient transitions, staffing? Of course we can. Quality. Those are things that we are trained in, in doing. And so that whole situation over a two to four year period really transitioned me into feeling the heat of like trying to move into leadership positions just because I really wasn't into innovation and influence. So how can we innovate? How can we do things differently? And how can we influence the healthcare system? How can we influence to have an impact? And so those were like my three eyes that I've really tried to I was just writing those down. I was like, I'm sure. Does she even know they all start with I? I was like, I was just going to say another, another TM for you. Yep. Well, yeah, that's, I do need to go <laughs> to-do list, follow up right whole now. Whole other podcast. <laughs> whole other podcast, right? As a whole other, but it's really, that was sort of like the foundation for me. And at that point, what was interesting was that I had considered giving up my Ontario OT license at that point. I was like, I'm not going to go back to this OT thing at all. But then I started to realize just how much leadership 
occupation, all of that started blending together. And I, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I kept my OT license mm-hmm. up and went on to Boston University, did my doctorate. And so the rest is history. And so as I've been teaching and developing curriculum at McMaster, I started to really just fall in love with the concept of coaching. And I would have so many one-on-ones with so many students. And it wasn't from an academic perspective. We weren't talking about, you know, writing a paper. We were just talking about where are you at? What kind of transition are you going through? Or like, have you thought about trying to talk to staff this way or that way or helping that staff person? So I think through the pandemic did this and also just talking to students, I really started to, to have some ahas that, hey, I could take part of my work and divvy it off and create some form of a leadership support and mentorship for starting with OTs, but it's actually, you know, I'm, there's speech and physiotherapists as well in there. And my hope is actually to coach and to help them develop coaching programs as well for their, their team. So that's where we're at. I love it. I love how there's more than clearly I'm aware of, but there I'm becoming more aware of people who are working in academia and they want to bring forth those skills and begin to monetize them and yeah. in a different way for impact uh, and income. Mm-hmm. I'll throw in two eyes there. So oh, that's four. That's four. <laughs> <laughs> well, new trademark. No, but it's, it's, um, I'm not a traditional academic anyways, right? I'm not, I do not put myself on the same level as my, as the peers at McMaster who are big R researchers and all of that. But what I am is that entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. where I'm realizing that I love teaching, but I also know that there's another opportunity Mm -hmm. out there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about that towards the end of the podcast so that we can kind of mm-hmm. end with your, you know, forecasting and what you're going to be doing in the mm-hmm. future. So I was thrilled that you were joining in on our conversation on Facebook about this topic about women and wealth, and in particular about OTs investing in themselves and in the business uh, and in their businesses. Tell me, what is it about that topic that is so interesting to you and lights a fire under you? I think there's several factors. I think my age is one, Mm. but I think in a lot of your conversations with OTs get paid and people asking for forgiveness to raise their prices or stating the same payment model or pay scale that they, that I was charging 20 years ago or 15 years ago. It just, at some point I thought this is not okay. You know, we are, that's like getting further and further down the the inflation and the, not the poverty line, but the inflation line. And I have spent the last few years completely integrated in the world of innovation and people coming up with creative ideas and getting paid a lot for those ideas. And I started to see people creep into OT space, right? Hey, it's Trish. Now that I've got your attention, I wanted to tell you about something that we are really excited about here at OTs Get Paid. This month, we are kicking off our formal, systemic, organized, planned, woohoo, referral program. With every referral of somebody that you bring to us that purchases one of our two signature programs, Road to 100K and 100K Club, we give you money. We're leaning into it. We're leaning into our brand and we're going to get you paid. At this point, we are offering $400 for people who refer someone who enrolls in our 100K Club Mastermind and $250 for somebody that enrolls in our Road to 100K program. But we're not stopping there. Your referred member will also get access to a bonus Q&A Zoom call every month that we are doing just for new referred members with our coaches. It's going to be Q&A, ask the coach anything. How are you going to do this? The best way to do this is to connect with us via email or through DMs. We're keeping it really simple for right now. And we're saying, hey, here's their deets. Do you want us to call them? Are they going to get in touch with us? And as long as you mention each other, we will 
connect you and let our system wheels spin and they will get their bonuses and you will get yours. And I want to remind you, we are a company with a mission. It is to bring more wealth to more female OT entrepreneurs because we know what women do with money. They use it to better their families and they use it to better their communities. So for every dollar that we generate here at OTs Get Paid every year, we give away 1% of our gross income to Dress for Success, which is a charity, an organization that's dedicated to empowering women towards financial independence. I hate to use the term win-win-win. Somebody has a better one. Please let me know. But we don't want you to keep those benefits to yourself anymore. We want your referral partner to win. We want you to win. And of course, we have a social agenda here at OTs Get Paid. Mm. Um, other, you know, other professions who are doing like parent coaching or whatnot. And I was thinking, hey, that is our area. Mm-hmm. That, back off. That, back off. Like we have, we know these things, right? But I think that we get limited by policies and by our own beliefs that it's, you know, we shouldn't be talking about financials. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. the Canadian, um, our Canadian ways, you know, we were, we were taught not to really, talk about the bottom line where unfortunately it's business now, right? We need to, we need, it's not okay. And it's not okay for, I'm going to say women. And I know that there's lots of men in OT, but it's not okay for women to constantly have multiple jobs in a, you know, a profession where we have masters and doctorates and we need to be paid what we're worth and not, you know, ask for forgiveness. Like we have no problem paying gardeners or other people, these big amount of money but when we you know ask parents or we ask people for a certain type of rate we feel apologetic right and I know I'm like that too Mm -hmm. Um, but at some point we just can't and then I started to read a little bit more and have some conversations with some of my venture capitalist friends or people who've done very well in tech and it's really just if we're going to constantly look at wealth as our income and how much we make on income per year then we're really just limiting what our, our whole portfolio. Like we need mm-hmm. to think broader and bigger and look at other ways to develop and just fuel our own current wealth. So wealth can mean a lot of things. Income is just one basket. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about yeah. that in the uh, in the previous podcast episode mm-hmm. that I mentioned. And I mean, I know that, but then to hear it being spoken to as an OT and as a woman, it kind of makes that shift in my head, right? It's a reminder of, okay, as an entrepreneur, what am I going to do with this profit? Because I've created an amazing job for myself, right? And I've created a business that is now has value in it that's just beyond me. And then what's next? I I don't want to lose the California base that you're in. Mm -hmm. And I know that your partner is also in tech. So how much Mm -hmm. do you think that influences your day-to-day about seeing people get paid for ideas? A lot. Yeah. Um, But I've seen a lot of people like crash and burn, not in a bad way, but like ideas that fizzle out, right? Mm -hmm. But people get up again and, but people don't, um, aren't judgy, right? So people will see someone Mm -hmm. come up with an idea and they're like, way to go. Awesome idea. Let me, let me introduce you to this person and this person and this person Mm -hmm. where sometimes maybe in healthcare or whatever, we think, why are you starting that? Right. Like there could be mm-hmm. this more negative connotation to that, but definitely. And I've started to understand just sort of like cycles of innovation, cycles of design and growth and scaling. And I haven't been part of his business, but I've seen it occur. But what it's also done is had me like what I'm doing is sitting at the table mm-hmm. in terms of talking about, you know, when we talk to our investment advisor or whatever, I I picked a female on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I got ma- married later and we had to pick an investment advisor. I told my husband, my partner, I want to have a female. I don't want a man. And so I told the man on there, but I, I'm learning these, this lingo I'm yeah. learning what investments are about. Um, and, and we've talked in the past about like just our upbringing. And so my financial planner knows this, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows that, Catherine, are you, are you sure of what's going on? Do you understand these concepts? 
Do you understand the growth? Are you both on board with this? And there's no secret. I do I enjoy it? I, I enjoyed it a little bit more than I thought. Like through the pandemic, I've spent a lot of time researching what is investment and all of mm-hmm. those sorts of things. But I sit at the table and I feel like I don't even know if that's an OT thing or not. I feel like there's a lot of females my age who are mm-hmm. not sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. But they def- defer to their partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is not okay. You need to mm-hmm. sit there and know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Do Why do you think OTs are more apologetic? Have you, have you thought about that or have any insight into mm-hmm. that? I don't know. I, I, maybe it's we just don't know how to monetize our value. You know, and so... You know, maybe this is it. You know, when you start practicing and you talk to a parent and you're like, you're going to work on play, right? And as you talk, I remember thinking, this seems so basic and like, I'm just telling the parent about play. And then these parents would be so like, wow, that's amazing. I never thought of that. And I think what happens with OT is like, we're trained to assess and treat on daily occupation and daily living, right? And so to monetize that, you know, it seems like, well, what's the big deal? This is just talking about daily living. But I, I don't know. I, what do you think? I, I have no idea. And and actually, I'm okay that I don't know as well. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, I'm, I'm comfortable saying I don't know, because I, maybe in another time, I will. I'm really happy that we're having this conversation to yeah. ask questions, even if we don't have answers. So as people are listening to this, Please jump into the OTs Get Paid Facebook yeah. group to give us your two cents, haha. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I want to learn from people who are wiser and smarter than me. And I think it's really important for us to, like I said, today is about continuing the conversation, asking the good questions. If we have some answers, yay us, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think um, I love your idea about really understanding how to monetize our value. And you had some specific things to talk about with that. So why don't you bring those forth? How else can an OTs monetize their value beyond income, uh, just in that transactional piece? So clearly, I'm not an investment planner. I'm not a financial planner. So I'm not offering advice. But what I do know is that when you're in hospitals, and they have additional revenue, or they take certain percentages of of their profits and and reinvest into other investment accounts. So, you know, if you're an OT, you have a business, are you taking, not only are you paying yourself, but are you putting off a bit of that income into other forms of investments, right? Are you looking at real estate investments? Are you potentially looking at the building that you're in, that you're leasing? Could you potentially purchase it? and also rent out different rooms to other healthcare professionals so that you provide yourself with another revenue stream that might not be related to to your pediatric practice, but that you are um, building wealth in in that area. Also, the big one, and I, you know, this is one that I I go on long walks and I constantly think about Mm -hmm. is business models. And I know you do that as well, right? Mm -hmm. So if we continue, and I said this in my, my post, we continue to offer OT services in a private setting in a transactional way, we will never get further ahead because even if you raise your prices, you're still, uh, it's just transactional and there's not an ability there to diversify it sort of that income. So is it, is it that we look at more um, packages? Is it more that we have more retainer type of fees? Mm-hmm is it that we also have to do some quality reviews in our businesses to see if there's any bottlenecks, right? You know, if you're, if you're a sole practitioner and, you know, you are saying that you're getting a lot of calls and things are busy, but yet you're the, you're the bottleneck because you're not building in shared leadership models, then you're never going to get further ahead. We need, you need to, to help empower and build your teams. We could also potentially look at look to tech to see how they bring people on, not and not equity only type of programs because that is a bit insulting to everybody. <laughs> but do you potentially look at employee retention models where employees are given like one percent of the business profit per year? Do you set up a different type of bonus structure or pay, pay 
days off structure. So really trying to diversify that way. But it's really about looking to other sectors to see how they're investing back in their businesses. You would never see a tech company survive if they lived in a transactional relationship, right? So if you were a paid user in the beginning of days of Facebook, right? They diversified other areas through other sales or marketing or other programs or, you know, investing in other types of businesses and, and things to support your business. So I think that that's just in the last couple of years, I've really taken some time to do some reading and look at other business sectors to see how they do it. We, we're spending a lot of time talking with each other in healthcare or OT, but I think we really should be looking at other sectors to see if we can pull pieces of it, right? There's things that tech does well. There are things that drive me crazy. There are things that you're like, okay, get over that. <laughs> but I think that we need to pick up on a few of those, especially around scaling and how to scale. The ones that are successful are the ones that do it wisely. It's alive. Zombie. Monster invasion. The socks that live in my 20-year-old son's soccer kit. Nope, it's the OT Entrepreneur Summit Live! After hosting two online virtual summits in 2019 and 2020, with over 300 attendees, OT entrepreneurs just like yourself, we are ready to break out from behind these screens and share some hugs and some in-person connection. We listened to our audience of the past two years and we heard OT entrepreneurs don't really want more content. We heard you loud and clear, and we are building the event of your dreams. An event that's based on rest, an event that's based on play, on events that's based on sun. Okay, maybe that was Laura's in my dream. An event that's based on connection and time to work on your business. My co-host Laura Park Figaro and I have created the space and all you need to do is show up. Put yourself into the room. Put yourself into that space to learn and grow and expand your OT business and as an OT entrepreneur CEO. Want to see which of your online OT business besties has legs? Me too. We will see you in Boca Raton, Florida on November 12th to November 14th, 2021. Go to the OT Entrepreneurs Summit page, linked in our show notes. See you then. I'm thinking as you're talking that, and maybe this is too simplistic, tell me if it is, that if we think, if we use those profit first categories, I like the mm -hmm. profit first categories. I don't love the whole profit first system, but in terms of profit first categories, if you think about take home, mm -hmm. profit, operations and taxes. So operations and taxes equals about 50% ideally. Your take yeah. home and your profit equals around 50% ideally, you know, take home. I always try to take home about 43, 44, although I'm kind of spendy. I spend a lot in my operations. And then profit is about five or 6%. I think what we are talking about here is the profit piece. If you just keep mm -hmm. working on take home, you just have to keep showing up in that transaction. But so do I have that right? It's what are you yeah. going to do with that profit piece? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I like that you're pushing my thinking in this because when I think about profit, I think about my computer or like, what am I doing with my profit? Right. Or mm. I'm taking my profit and I'm investing it into, I'm a course nerd. It's no surprise. Train, I just, yeah. yeah. Love learning or buying books or whatever. Right. Or like when I had my bricks and mortar, it was my toys and investment or pardon me, uh, assessments. So I'm hearing what you're saying that, and as opposed to this kind of nebulous five or 6%, mm -hmm. what are you going to do with that? And yeah, I, th I wonder if it's also, so tech clearly has a different germination point for its leaders. Mm -hmm. I also think that they are encouraged to scale 
quite quickly because mm-hmm. they're being modeled 24-7 on some massive numbers. Mm-hmm. And I think they are selling companies or taking companies public. And so therefore, another piece from tech, and tell me if you think this is accurate, is they're constantly thinking about the value outside of the transaction because that's how they really get paid is through selling it or merging it or whatever the case may be being acquired. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the two, two big points there is that it's constantly what is the exit strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that comes from, and this is like really crazy thinking here. If we were to apply this to OT um, (laughs) entrepreneurs, but they have investors, right? I mean, I would love to have like an, you know, maybe we do that trust, like OT investors or something, right? Where you it's know, actually or, coming. It's actually, yeah. it's totally what, okay, don't anybody take this idea either. We've got a lot no. of TMs here. Yeah, actually, that's exactly where I want to go to with my profits yeah. um, sooner rather than later is like almost yeah. have that OT like Shark Tank or Dragon's yeah. Den in Canada. Like, and yeah, let's have other OTs invest in other OTs businesses with the profits that we have. Right. And I've been speaking to another OT about that as well. And um, And it's going to be a big group. It's going to be a huge group. Right. And it's almost like, what's that um, crowd, not crowdsourcing. Oh, gosh. Crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. It uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. But more refined. Exactly. You know, so when you look at the innovation and tech space, they have investors that come in and, and raise the money and say, okay, get this business off and running. And then there's always sort of that, what's the exit strategy there? And it's either the company continues to grow and moves forward, or they sell out and everyone gets the profits plus more back. And wouldn't that be like the craziest business model Mm -hmm. to go for? And I know that there's some people who would think that would be horrible, but I just think that that could, that's how people can help scale plus Mm -hmm. get their operations under control. If Mm -hmm. we had... Um, people to help fund, you know, the toys and the assessments or whatever, and that you're not waiting for your profits to get those new things. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at that type mm-hmm. of a model to move it forward. Yeah. And if that's one thing that I've learned from doing my hikes here or my walks <laughs> with people, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but definitely, you know, that would be, that's a whole other podcast conversation. We but, have so many to follow up with. But I think that that's where, well, why don't we do that? Yeah. You know? And, and I, I don't listen, know why. Yeah. I'm super excited. Like I had, I don't talk about this idea very often and it's, I just want to get another year under our belts here at uh, Trish Williams Consulting. And then that's exactly where I want to merge. I imagine merging it somehow with like the OT Entrepreneur Summit and yeah. like a real live time or something, but, and it can be micro loans to start, right? Micro investments. And again, if you look at other business models, like giving, you know, mm-hmm. a woman in Kenya a dollar to start her own business is proven time and time and time again to raise the wealth of that village right to raise the wealth of you know that township or that community and so you know I call them microloans compared to what VCs would be doing in the tech space but I mean that's yeah that's very very well researched and I would I definitely want to bring OT into that place too. Sorry to loop back to your comments then about OTs and not knowing your value or how to monetize our value maybe then it our generation mm-hmm. will help empower those younger generations through giving microloans or yep. supporting them in business development. And because maybe it's just that generation is, is better at monetizing value or whatever, but we could support them in not only like mentorship ways, but into also like financial incentives. So maybe that's our role. Yeah, I, I think you're right, I actually. Know. I often think about that in terms of legacy, which I think is so important that if you're listening to this now, it's pre-OT Entrepreneur Summit, which is coming November 12th, 13th, 14th. I just, that was a smooth segue, I got to say for myself. Well done. Well done. Uh, by the way, pat on my back. Please come, buy your tickets, link in the show notes. We are actually having a theme all three days and the the theme of the last day is about legacy and who do you want to oh. be and what do you want to have and what do you want to leave yeah. behind and who why are you really doing this? And so I think to get on my quick soapbox about it is another reason this is why I'm so impassioned. And I didn't even realize it until we started talking. I 
talk very frequently about the fact that OTs identify first as therapists and not as CEOs. And I have Mm -hmm. found in talking about this more often that people don't even want to inhabit that CEO role. I just recorded a podcast Mm -hmm. with Erica Shoup, episode three or four for seasons two, and we talk about that shift and how if you've moved from therapist to thinking like a business owner, that's a huge leap. But go go Mm -hmm. from business owner to CEO, it literally explodes people's brains. And you can't call on investors. You can't think in different ways of growing and scaling your company and generating wealth if you are too busy just putting out fires as a therapist. Like it's another reason to begin to inhabit Mm -hmm. that true CEO role. Yeah. I mean, think about other companies, right? Like, do you think that my husband's CEO identifies himself always. as an engineer. I always no, he's say a that. And you know yeah. what? I mean, he will. He'll talk about that mm-hmm. if you get to know him. But, mm-hmm. you know, no, he's a CEO, mm-hmm. right? Or like heads of other companies. They don't talk about the fact that they're a CPA. They say, I'm the CEO. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yes, yeah. we have background in OT. Mm-hmm. But I'm a CEO of this company mm-hmm. that support OTs, PT speech. And like, same with you, you know, it's just like mainly OTs, but you're supporting other professions to get paid. Yeah. So yes, it's, and it, is it a grief thing? I think sometimes this happens in leadership when people like grieve their professions. Like I don't mm. want to leave my profession. And I don't know, OTs were very, I'm, that was a hard leap. Like I was, yeah. leave, am I leaving my profession? I'm not, it's still foundation to what I am but I'm doing other things as well. You know, that's, let's talk more about that. This is a great time to kind of, we've brought the conversation forward. Mm -hmm. We did what we wanted to do. We asked some great questions about, you know, different ways that OTs can invest in themselves for wealth. Let's shift from that into talking about your role in leadership and in academia. And that's a great point to do it with. So tell me more about that. I don't think I was prepared for the feeling of grief and leaving OT plus also the loneliness that comes Mm. with being a leader Mm. or moving into a CEO role. And it's amazing that we're starting to talk a little bit more about this now. And I think sometimes when I talk about it, people look at me like, oh, I've never actually thought about that, right? Yeah. And maybe that's just what my role is half the time is to say, you're not you're not alone because no one actually ever told me that. And I remember mm-hmm. my first day in a formal leadership position in a organization that wasn't specific to OT, someone said that to me. She's like, welcome to eating lunches in your office. <laughs> and the people you eat your lunches with at that point would be your other management group or your, you know, sometimes if you're lucky, you could eat with senior leadership, but you, you go with who you're like, I wow. And I was like, Oh, this was interesting, but no one actually ever prepared me for that. Right. Mm-hmm. I've taken all these courses and I've had other experiences, but I, I really grieve that. So during that, those first few years of my transition into leadership, I would, I kept my private practice going in Toronto on weekends. So I would see kids privately on weekends mm-hmm. because, uh, and maybe one day at like 4.30 or something, because I just did not want to leave that. And mm-hmm. I was like, once an OT, always an OT. I, and then at some point it just, uh, you know, I and having my own kids and I just couldn't do it anymore. And now I view what I do in OT differently. I'm supporting it in other ways. Mm-hmm. But the the loneliness was not something I ever expected to experience. Um, yeah. And, you know, found supports in other ways. I think now with Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or Instagram, I feel like that helps new leaders a lot more than I totally. had during my time. I had nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I say that on the on the regular. I mean, it's literally why I do this job. It's exactly why I do yeah. this podcast. It's exactly why I started the OT Entrepreneur Summit with Laura. Yeah. I totally I call those silopreneurs. Like we're all just in our little silos, feeling yeah. really, really lonely. So tell me a bit more about being an OT as a leader in the healthcare system. Well, I think that. What's really interesting is that you're starting to see more and more OTs in extreme senior leadership. So mm-hmm. in Canada, heads of health systems in the U.S., same around the world. 
I think what is really helping OTs really be at the forefront of leadership right now is through the pandemic, we have really seen this need to help people remain resilient, be mindful, and to lead within their own lives, both personally and professionally. We've had life work integration at a level that we've never thought was possible. And I think what OTs bring to the table is, is that the foundational knowledge of how to help people break down tasks in their lives, figure out maybe what the problem is and move forward. That's fundamentally what we do, right? We, we're natural task analyzers, right? And I feel like as OT leaders, that's what we truly bring to the table is this helping people break down what is the core concept or problem and moving forward with it. And also healthcare around the world, just not specific to Canada, but people want to talk about healthcare as a greater being than just hospital. So healthcare includes home and hospital and supporting people in their communities. And OTs naturally just have that foundational knowledge to understand what hospital home type of relationship is. So truly, I feel like that from a context perspective, I think that's truly what where OTs can flourish in the, in the leadership realm. I agree. And you know what? I'm going to be like one of your minions. I never thought of it that way before. <laughs> Another person that's saying that to Catherine. <laughs> I know, but sometimes I say things like if I post something in a Facebook group and I get no reaction, I'm like, oh, well, that was a But I think also I wish it could be like there was a button that says I never thought of that. <laughs> the Catherine button. Hey, the you're Catherine. close to the tech industry. Let's make that happen in your in your yeah, free time. Yeah, my free time. <laughs> As we're wrapping up, let's talk about that not free time that you have. I loved that you said how OTs are coming to the forefront of leadership because they recognize resilience and that need to lead in your own life. And that's what you're doing by taking mm-hmm. that academic expertise and now putting it into a cash-based program. So talk about that for a bit. I think I love this. Yes. Well, it's exciting. I think, you know, in that period of my leadership career where I sat there lonely and not knowing what to say or do, I realized that like a lot of our programs offer a lot around leadership theory and a lot of the higher level frameworks around leadership. But what we're really needing is the tangible skills, the practical skills to say, if you have an employee that is just, you know, difficult, how do you coach them? Or how do you transition into a leadership position? Or if you're a senior leader, how do you deal with all of the competing demands of all your various employees? And so what I've done is began to offer coaching services to new leaders, existing leaders, and also offering coaching to organizations, almost like a, a leadership coach in in residence so that organizations can call on me whenever they want to help mentor coach various employees over various situations. Right now, um, the focus is, and I'm starting a, a group in October, will be with leaders or OTs that are interested or have just recently transitioned into leadership positions. So we're going to be doing a lot of work around self-awareness, some really concrete leadership type of coaching skills, leadership skills, and just to help empower them to be the best leader they can be in those roles. So I'm excited. I have some OTs who happen to be leaders from around the world, and we're going to be coming together and offering this first program this fall. I just think it's amazing. I watch in awe of people taking, I just think, to me, it just it it literally is like growing another brain. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it at no point because I, I was in academia for about this long. It's like if you can't see me, because oh. <laughs> how's that showing fingers in audio? How's that working? Like about a smidgen of a half of a nanosecond. I was in academia, and um, I, yeah, I just think the idea to take what you are an expert on and monetize it and bring it forward. Yeah, outside of that uh, university umbrella is just so cool. And I can't wait to hear more about how that's going for you. So 
why don't we wrap it up with telling people where they can find you? Where are you on the uh, on the interwebs? On the interwebs? Well, they can. I'll give you my email address to start at Catherine at Catherine-Wise.com. But I will send you that email because I spell Catherine differently. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show can, notes. You can join um, this free Facebook group called the OT Leadership Lab. But even if you're a physical therapist or speech therapist, please come. It's really about building a community and having us all talk about leadership strategies, techniques, and just changing the conversation. As well as on Instagram, you can find me at the leadership spot, which stands for speech, physical therapy, and OT. Oh, smart. And and so uh, there might be some changing and branding over the next few months, but Mm -hmm. uh, that's where you can find me. I don't have a fancy website or anything like no, that. No, right I didn't now. either. Yeah, mine hasn't and, launched yet. I've been doing and, this for over two years with no website. Yeah. And so for right now, and LinkedIn is the next mm-hmm. uh, group for me to to work with uh, in the next month. But you know, please come join the conversation. You know, I do have services that I will be offering, but outside of that, I just want um, those interested in any aspects of leadership to join the group and to be members of it. And let's just really support each other mm-hmm. in either if you're a sole practitioner with a couple of employees or you work in a large healthcare organization. Well, you've modeled that conversation continuity for us beautifully. You have done that in the OTs Get Paid Facebook group. You've done that here. You and I have had offline conversations where that's just who you are. You embody curiosity. You embody poking holes in things, you embody Mm -hmm. empowering the people around you. And like I said, I mean, we don't, that is a, that is a very important skill to continue to ask the questions and to engage in conversation. And so thank you so much for coming here and doing that for us today. Thank you, Trish. Love being here. And I love what you're doing for OTs now and in the future. Thank you. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.